so, you have an incurable progressive illness, or maybe were thrown an unexpected disability. What the heck, universe? Living with a chronic illness can really suck. Seriously, it sucks, and we'd like a refund. So, let's flip the script and let it make you instead of break you. As a younger lady with disability, Lindsay wanted a cool, confident walking stick to help her find her own confidence again. Pretty pretty obvious solution, right? So what did she do? She created Neo Walk Sticks, beautiful acrylic with lots of colors to reflect the many sides of your personality. Lindsay and her team now make and send these beautiful, and they are, they are so gorgeous. I have multiple and I want to build up my collection. Um, you know, they send these beautiful acrylic walking sticks all over the world with customers in over 20 countries. And the word is spreading like wildfire about her gorgeous handmade walking sticks. Her mission at Neo Walk is to see disability normalized and for the designers to embrace our needs in the mainstream products. She's a current nominee for the National Diversity Awards, celebrating unity for society for the Entrepreneurial and Excellence Reward. She has carved her name in the world of mobility aids, recently designed walking sticks for actors and multiple sclerosis advocates like Selma Blair and Christina Applegate, and has recently been featured in, wait for it, British Vogue. Saying that I'm excited about this conversation is like a huge, huge understatement. So you are all in for a huge treat to listen in to this chat with the fabulous, beautiful, and I consider her a master of intrepidity, Lindsay Watterson. You, my dear, oh my gosh, you, I have just watched you flourish and blossom into like level up, level up, level up every year. You're yeah. leveling up. How do, how are you feeling right now? Um, mixture of overwhelmed, overworked, um, utterly, utterly joyous at the team that we've built, um, excited, frightened. It's just a whole mixture of everything because it's, it's a journey into the unknown with something right. that we're so passionate about and we're very confident about. So part of it, we're super confident about, but the actual journey into the unknown of a bit of scaling, not massive scaling, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit, bit scary, but yeah, it's a lot. We're committed to it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you know, I always say like, you are never going to grow and you're comfortable. So when you feel that everything is like calm and the water's calm and everything's good and everything's organized, yeah. it's like, you better hold your panties. Yeah. <laughs> they say nothing ever grows inside your comfort zone. Right. Oh my gosh. I've heard someone say that. It no really way. Yeah. Because you do, you get comfortable and everything's ticking along and then something will happen. Sometimes it feels like we're hanging on to the, the 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 tail of this business and it's running off with us right um it feels a little bit like that at the moment but then we'll reel it back in and everything will calm down but sometimes it just takes off and it has this momentum all of its own um which is caused by our community it's by nobody yeah. else it's just oh and isn't it it's relentless we are we are so relentless i think that's like the biggest thing that i've yeah. been grateful for in all of this is the community it's it's huge. Everything you need is there. The information's there. The understanding, the empathy, 
the humour, because God, let's face it, we all need the humour to get through. (laughs) You can't laugh at yourself peeing your pants. Amen. She speaks my language, you guys. You really do. So you started this. I was doing. I I like to do a little bit of research, but I don't like to go too deep in um, before I before I talk to somebody because it's like, yay, organic. Let's just see what you know what unfolds and what's created. But you started Neo Walk in your kitchen. Did tell me that. Tell me about that. I I, for anybody who doesn't know, I'm an above knee amputee, and I I lost my leg in 2010. And I was younger, a couple of stones lighter and um, super active, a lot of energy. Um, And I used to, I was a really ambulatory amputee. I used to walk around on a prosthetic leg. I was super active, Um, but I still did need support some days. So I still did need to use a walking stick. And they were, they were rubbish. I was looking around because I was still only young, quite trendy, quite and I couldn't see anything that really looked like it belonged with me. I always felt like I looked like I'd just picked one up off the pavement and then just started walking with mm-hmm. it, you know. So I decided yeah. that I would make something myself and that it started in my kitchen. And I decided that I would make this acrylic rod to try and make it, ironically, where we are now. But I wanted it to be an invisible walking stick so nobody could see it because I didn't mm-hmm. want to see the walk stick I was still at that point in my journey so I made a walking stick from clear acrylic rod and I made a a red one as well just to to see how it would feel in my oven in my kitchen at home oh my gosh I molded the handle around a wine bottle um and then I started walking with them and people kept saying oh I really love your walking stick where did you get your walking stick and instead of asking me about how did you lose your leg, what happened to you, what's wrong with you, people were just talking about my stick. And I thought, wow, that's, that's a change, a real shift. And this is something that I could give to other people. And this is where the business began. And uh, wow. it, it, even now, it's how it happens. People go walking out with their stick and it's a conversation starter. That's what we like to call them. People come and they start chatting to you and all they want to know about is your stick. They don't care why, how long, whatever. They just want to talk about your stick. So it right. shifts the focus from your disability, which is private, onto your gorgeous walking stick. Right. Oh my gosh. And that's so, that's so poignant too, especially with the younger generations that are using them because it's, you know, the first instinct, even with strangers that, that don't even know you from Adam is, oh, what happened to you? What happened to you? Right. And that's a, I get, were you in the army? Did you lose it in the army? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll create the most outlandish, exaggerated stories just to see the reaction. Like, oh, well, you know, a puma got out of the zoo. (laughs) Is that, what's the, what's the most outrageous story you've told? Probably the puma got out of the zoo and I sold it, man. I, I sold that story and they were in total belief, you know, which zoo and were, you know, was there yeah. a lawsuit? And I'm like, oh, dear Lord. I, I, okay. I, I went a, too a, far. I once did a rhinoceros. Um, did it. <laughs> and then I've, all, I've also done, um, I was skydiving and that's, that's how it happened. And the man that I'm with, my, my husband saved me and that's how we got married. And they oh, go, my gosh. Oh, that's so cute. It. And you go, ah, ah. but you know, <laughs> just mind your own business. Really. I just, love it. Yeah, I know. For for me, in the beginning of like, I was diagnosed with MS in 2019, and 
for me, if I talked about it more, I could accept it more. So I was sort of like mouth diarying on everybody that was asking. What age were you when you were? I was, I was, I had just turned 31. Right. So young. Yeah, I know. And my neurologist at the time, just from, you know, speaking with me about, you know, past mobility issues and all that good stuff, he had been convinced that I had had it for at least over 10 years prior. So in my 20s. But again, you know, your body does weird things. You're just, you kind of just, you know, ignore it and and keep moving on with work or whatever you're focusing on. And um, when when you got your diagnosis, did it feel like a relief? that you could put a name to how you were feeling and what was happening. Yeah, it was, it it answered a lot of questions that I had, but it was, it was so weird. And I I say this to so many people, or I've had so many conversations talking about this. I had been really struggling to find my footing in the world and purpose in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in the entertainment business. I have mixed feelings on the industry, especially the music industry. And, you know, I, um, I was not fulfilling God's purpose for me at all. I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing to give back or to help somebody else. So I really, within five minutes of being diagnosed, I had this unnerving sense of calm. And I'm like, where is this sense of calm coming from? And, you know, everybody around me was like, Brit's in denial, Brit's in denial. But, you know, it was like this sense of calming um, reassurance almost in a way of, you know, God saying, here, here's a pile of crap. Now, what are you going to do with it? So it was a challenge. Yeah. If you go. Yeah. That's that's your purpose now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It is amazing how, how a disability or an, or a chronic illness can, can make you feel because some people imagine that all you would feel is utter despair because you've had your independence or your health or your whatever stripped away from you yeah there's a there's a whole host of different emotions you can feel isn't there oh yeah absolutely I think the the quicker that you're able to get more in tune with adapting and sort of chameleonizing your way into the next chapter the the easier that that transition is going to be because we always look at the the old us well you know pre-Lindsay before amputee or pre-Brit before MS that was dancing and could, you know, run around Manhattan and stilettos. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's a different version of yourself, not necessarily the better one. No, for a time you become the person that used to do things. I know I I used to, I, I used to, I used to cycle 20 miles a day. I used to cycle. I used to ride a horse. I used to, I used to do all sorts of things. And I became the person that used to do things until you realize, and it, it took me a very special lady to make me realize this, that you do still just do the same things. You just may do them differently. 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 Yeah. That is all it is. And that I learned this when I went to learn to be a circus performer, hidden past. Did you really? Tell me really? more. Uh-huh. I was asked to be a part of a, a, a group of 40 disabled people who performed in the 2012 Paralympic ceremonies. Oh, my goodness. How cool is and that? I, I ran away with the circus. Brit. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I learned to be a circus performer. And it was when I found my tribe in that group of people, a whole host of different disabilities um, and one of the, the, the circus uh, teachers taught me so much um and yeah she she taught me that uh, of course you can do it 
you just do it differently because we wow. all looked at all these tasks that they wanted us to do and all of us went how in, right in you really it it really forces you to get creative it yeah. really really does cuz it's like you know i i i love fishing i'm an angler i'm an avid angler i love to get out you know on a on a 50 pack and pull in some tuna with my husband but um you know, being on a boat of 50 to 70 grown men and being, I'm always the only woman usually. And, you know, there's lines everywhere. It's like, no, that's probably not in my best safety interest now, Mm -hmm. but you know what? I'm going to rent a smaller boat and go roll up on a patty. So. Exactly. (laughs) So you still get your fix. Yeah. You're doing it your way. You know, you're doing it safely because there's kind of nothing worse than putting yourself outside your safety zone. I'm all for stretching your comfort zone, but when you're risking your safety. Right, right. Alarm bells go off in you. Yeah, exactly. Tone it down. Me and camping for a long time after I lost my leg, we didn't agree because I would trip over the guy ropes um, with my prosthetic and, you know, I couldn't see them and it... Me, me and camping became very unsafe. So yeah, same. I, I mean, we used to camp in tents and, you know, camp outside. And I'm like, no, I, so last year, I don't know how much money we spent. We probably spent over two grand on really top line camping gear, you know, like mm. really thick air pads and comfortable mm. everything, you know, for sleeping. And we did one night and I told Johnny, I'm like, I, I, my version of camping is unfortunately going to be in a motel now. Exactly. You yeah. know, and that's fine. It is. It's, it's completely fine. And you'll, you'll find something else to replace that. Yeah, absolutely. So been in a, a camper van. How's that for you? I haven't. At, well, I've been in them, but I have not stayed in one. Um, but I would imagine that they're, they're, you know, pretty useful and pretty comfortable um they're they're just like crazy outrageous price right now it's i know and then the gas and everything so yeah you can even get ones that are wheelchair friendly now so they can have really horse transporter they can have a a ramp at the back that you go up into into the thing so i've I've often fancied one of them but again it's it's price you can't do it but i know yeah that would be my version of camping. yeah oh i know totally that'd be perfect just roll up roll up and listen to a loon (laughs) double double bed warm shower radiator yes this is how we should be camping everyone (laughs) so you were on Dragon's Den, which I think is the UK version of Shark Tank. It is. I, I went. Yeah, I did. Oh, God. Um, most terrifying thing. And I've done some scary things, but it was by far the most terrifying thing I've ever really? done. Really? Why? Yeah. yeah. It was, um, I did it on my own for a start, which um, I don't know. I just felt like I needed to do it on my own because I was the one that started the business, even though I've got pe- you know, people who who really help me now. Um, right. It was their reputations and their their history of absolutely ripping people apart. And mm. it was being vulnerable enough to go on there and and you were potentially going to have that happen to you. Um, so I learned my numbers and I learned all my words and I wore the right. I was comfy. I was I was on first, which was really good because it was only like 9 a.m. in the morning. Um, but God, when those doors open and they're sat in front of you, you actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it got it's, real. <laughs> it's serious stuff. And my, 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 my mouth went so dry and I was like, no, I can't talk. Uh, but I was in there for over an hour 
talking to them and they were, you know, asking me questions and bits and bobs. And they were so lovely. They were lovely, lovely people. They had good advice. They loved what we do. None of them wanted to give me any money. They they all just said, Lindsay, you're going to do it on your own anyway. So just yeah. go. And if you need money, go borrow some of somebody. Go to a bank. <laughs> Pay it back. Don't take, don't give away part of your business. Just right. For, yeah. Um, but hey, it's an experience. It, that wasn't, I, I take, you know, it's like you have to take even like the smallest, most minuscule moments as, as all part of it, because then you look, you know, 10 years down the road and you look back and you go, oh, aha. I did that. I did that. And their advice was sound and it was good. And it's got us another nudge further down the road. Um, lots of people saw us. So, but I don't believe that that program falls into the category of there's no such thing as bad TV because there could mm. there could oh it, yes I know to look like the biggest numpty on the planet yeah um, I did um I did American Idol season eleven I don't think many people even know this about me because I looked entirely different I had like a black pixie cut I had barely any tattoos at the time and the whole show is cast every really? element of that show is cast. And, and it's just, funny because you can see season by season, you can see, you know, they kind of like fit these themes and fit these roles for each. There's yeah. like a cast. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you don't, you don't think that at the time you think it's all spontaneous and yeah. You know, it's, and you, you kind of trust in that process, don't you? Yeah. So, yeah I know. Do you know, it's wild. the um, Dragon's Den have not invested in a disability focused business yet. That's interesting. I find that off putting. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, that's a little. Yeah, you know, I, I may not have been the best. Yeah, I may not have been the best one. Fair enough, but there are plenty of other people with disabilities oh, yeah. on that show, um, and none of them have had investment yet. That's interesting, Dragonstone. Interesting. Hold <laughs> them up on that. Yeah. So tell us, Lindsay, and I don't know this about you, and I this is something that I often wonder because I think that we often take pieces of our past and pieces of you know, our life prior to where we are now, even though we don't, we may not even be conscious that we're carrying them into, you know, the next version of ourselves presently. What did Lindsay do prior to your amputation and prior to this new catalyst into this new chapter mm. of your life? Yeah, I was a stay at home mom. I've got two gorgeous kids who are now no longer really kids. They're 30 this year and 29 so they're you know they're not they're not kids but they're amazing yeah. grown, grown people um and I I had a plan I had a game plan when the the kids had got to be sort of 11 12 years old and they were going on to their secondary school I trained to be a hairdresser because I was interested I wanted to start my own business I was um handy it's the only thing I can say I'm really um what's the hands word? on yeah, I'm really good with my hands. I can work with my hands. I love color. So that kind of fit the bill at the time. And I qualified and I worked in the industry for about six months. And that was when I became poorly. Um, so I didn't actually make it into the hairdressing industry. And then I contracted the MRSA infection in hospital. I was left for three years struggling, walking and in pain and <sighs> The leg was still there, but I couldn't bend it. And it was just, it was a goner, really. Um, and after three years, I said, please take this off because it is actually preventing me from right. getting on, from getting right. on with From me. growing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The best, 
best decision I ever made. Um, and then I had these probably 10 wonderful years as a really ambulatory amputee. Um, and then other things started to go wrong. Bits of my older body started to fall off. And <laughs> it's just, you know, it all catches up with you. But I had some really great years as a, as a walking amputee that I wouldn't have had had I kept that leg yeah so you still came from artist 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 that's all i heard artist yeah, artist yeah that that was all i all i wanted to do and I, I still do dabble in hair but would you trust a woman with one leg with a pair of scissors I don't yes know. gosh i would <laughs> it was it was good but then i you know i get the 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 joy of still working with color with design and you know with with what I do now so I've just taken the skills that I learned and the passions that I had and pushed them through into this incredible business but having to learn how to be a businesswoman along the way yeah um, that's the trickiest part for me in in this whole shift because I you know, having been a performer and film and TV and stage and a recording artist, it's funny. My my mom reminds me almost weekly. She's like, oh, well, you know where you got that from or you know that you just quoted something from, I don't know, maybe a presentation that I had done for acting or something years ago. And she's yeah. like, oh, it's it's all tying in. And I don't even realize it. You know, it's like you don't realize that you're not cognitively aware, oh, I'm speaking yeah. English right now. Like it's yeah. just natural. It just comes yeah. to you. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, but it's, it's really interesting to, to see those parts of, of life and go, oh, wow. Like I, I guess I am using this and, you know. Exactly. And you, you need to talk to me about the art that you're creating now. <laughs> because that has been rather spectacular to watch. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I, I am enjoying it so much and I'm figuring out what I'm doing. And for me, it really, it started, um, um, it started as a meditative sort of a calming exercise for me. I mean, I've always been interested in, in visual arts and, and painting and I had been painted on and off for years, but never seriously. It was sort of just, let's go to Michael's and spend 50 bucks and just, you know, paint and see what happens. Yeah. Um, but I got more serious about it and, you know, I would, go to either museums with my husband or, or, you know, see other artists online. And I'm like, gosh, I really, I feel like I'm being pulled to do this. Like I, yeah, this is something yeah. else I'm supposed to be doing. So I got everything, you know, at home and kind of like set up a little art section of the front, front half of our house. And I, I painted about eight hours. I'm not even kidding about eight to nine hours a day for about six days straight. And I can't, I was stuck. Like I was stuck in it. I couldn't get out of it. And I came out of it and I told Johnny, I go, I feel soulfully calmer. I feel so much better. I feel at ease. I don't feel any anxiety. And, you know, there's anxiety obviously that comes along with chronic illness. And, and, you know, when you add in personal dynamics of having two step kids with a, a yeah. funky, you know, family home dynamic on their other side, and they bring a lot of, there's a lot of crazy and a lot of dysfunction and a lot of chaos. So for me, it was sort of, I need to keep my peace and I need to protect yeah. my peace. And this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. But um, no, I have fallen in love with abstract expressionism. Um, but for me, it's like, yes, I can take my art and I can sell it. Good for you. Awesome. So does everybody else. But for me, with what I do with my advocacy, I told Johnny, I'm like, this isn't enough. Like I need to take this a step further. So now 
what I do, whether it be um, actual, you know, big paintings on canvas or mixed media or um, prints or whatnot, uh, everything, 50% of everything that I make goes towards um, allowing other people with disabilities to have access to walking canes like yours or nice. you know, more unique and fashionable uh, mobility aids that they yeah. would not be able to afford. So yeah. for me, um, you know, it was money should never be a reason why somebody can't feel confident. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Wow. You know, like, doesn't that when you say it out loud, doesn't it sound yeah. dumb? Like it sounds so yeah. stupid. It does actually. Yeah. yeah. It does. It's like, that's Would ridiculous. You, you ever consider um, opening up like a class for other disabled people to come along and, and join in and paint? Oh gosh, absolutely. I, I, I'm still learning myself, so I don't know how valuable my instruction would be. <laughs> yeah, it would be so your, your, your instruction and your passion and your experience and your empathy with everybody would, would just be stunning. I think you'd make a great class. Oh, thank you. Coffee and, the, and, a, and a biscuit and that, you know, that it would just be like a great, it would be an extension of, of the community right. that we know. Yeah. Love. Oh, I love that. Yeah, definitely. And I lead, I lead heavily by intuition anyways, but, um, as far as teaching goes, you know, teaching's always been something that's been pretty strong with me too. I I've taught voice, um, classical yeah. voice, pop, um, contemporary blues, jazz, whatever have you, uh, for years, but now I'm seeing a lot of changes with my physical capacity to have breath support. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I can, I can Nora Jones my way through life. No problem. But you know, the, the big pieces like the Jesse J or the Celine Dion's I'm like, Oh gosh, I got, I got one and I'm done now. So, so it's, so who are you today? Tell me. Yeah, it's, it's different. Are you a bit of Nora Jones today? Would you, do you think you'd be? Or... Oh gosh. I, I, I mean, I love singing smooth, soft jazz and, you know, yeah. like the old yeah. Cole Porter or Gershwin or Ella Fitzgerald. But um, no, I just I, I love the power ballads. I love that raw emotion, you know, the the wear your heart on your sleeve. And and, I, and I'm an old theater kid, so I'm, I'm a thespian. Um, I took my mother not last night, the night before to see uh, Andrea Bocelli at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, yeah, I saw. Oh, it was phenomenal. It was so amazing. Um, there were so many beautiful artists that he had with him, and they did a few numbers from West Side Story, and my my inner thespian just fell apart. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah those, it was... those evenings that kind of recharge you, aren't they? When, when you go out and you see something that really just fills your cup and and you come away feeling re reignited. And right. Like, go off and you and you've got I know you didn't have energy because it, it would look like a really really long day it was so long but I did it <laughs> and mom had the best mother's day so that's all that mattered that's so great but yeah you need you need days like that you need times like that just to to fill fill your cup again yeah oh gosh and spark the creativity and yeah. you know I I it it's a it's a hard it's a hard thing at times for me definitely because you know, I remember what my body used to be able to do. And I think it's different in terms of, oh, I used to go running or I used to dance. Okay. That's a physical thing for mm -hmm. me, vocal performance and, and, you know, singing has always been an emotional thing. I've always written, you know, written music with my mother autobiographically. So everything is very personal. Mm -hmm. So for me, why I got 
you know, so heavily and, and serious about visual arts and painting is because it's like, I've got feelings, man, and I got to stick them somewhere. <laughs> Completely. And and you're, you're really capable of doing that because I've seen it. Thank and you. Oh, you're so sweet. Watch, I've watched you do it. I, I watch you. I do. No, I don't stalk you. I do stalk you. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, but I watch you with with great warmth and happiness at all the things you do um, oh so sweetheart do, thank you when, when you first got your painting stuff out and you were like I can't stop <laughs> <laughs> and I had I'm not even kidding I had Fleetwood Mac on a loop for like yeah. six days and Johnny and my mom and they're like okay are, are we gonna listen to anything else I'm like no because if I change it the you know the artistry and the energy is going to shift and stop. It, it reminded me of um, of the red shoes. You know, I just imagined you just uncontrollably just painting yeah. the room. And oh how my much gosh! Of your, how much of your house did you take over? And did Johnny care? <laughs> <laughs> I took over the whole front room. So we have, we are the, the layout of our house. We bought a single story about um, almost three years ago and it's very choppy. The layout is very odd. So we have two giant living spaces, um, but one are, one is closer to the kitchen. So the, the one that's in the front of the house, it started off as like a living room, music, yeah. music room with a little corner of my art. And now I have, you know, three folding tables and carts and <laughs> easels and tarps all over the floor i'm like you know what i just i need the space so and he's yeah. totally fine he's so patient he just yeah. he'll he is so go with it and you know lets me do whatever i need to do so within Good. reason Good. <laughs> i'm pleased well yeah when you start when you've got an easel in the bedroom and and then you, when it's it's spreading out that far it's a yeah. bit like here with the business it kind of it spread and spread and spread in the house because um, we, we are fortunate we have a, a fairly big house and we we still do have a workshop at home. Um, not that a lot of people would realize that. Um, yeah. The space that we work with, how we manage to to, to work. Um, but we are actually having almost finished um, a new space built at the back of the house that's completely separate. Oh, that's so awesome. We are going to have a completely separate part, which will make it feel very different. And it means I don't have to have the staff in my kitchen using my kettle and pinching the butter out of my <laughs> so they can go down their own end and they can do it right. Oh my gosh. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be really. Oh, I'm so happy for you. That's so awesome. And it's, it's really hard. Like it's awesome to work at home. Um, you know, aside from my painting, I do all my, my writing, um, you know, and advocacy work, you know, from, from the same room, it's like a studio slash office, but you know, I had to make Chinese room dividers to put in the doorway because, you know, the kids will come in or the dog will come in and Chico yeah. has so much yeah. to say. It's like, good Lord, little one, be quiet, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of like my don't come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it, it takes a lot of adjusting to, um, yeah. I wanted to, to brag a little bit because this is something that, again, I'm just like, I'm cheerleading you on so, so greatly for, uh, you are up for entrepreneur of excellence award for the national diversity awards. I am. I That's am. fabulous. It is. It's amazing. I actually was, I was shortlisted for 
the, the, the award last year. So out of thousands and thousands of entries, I got down to the last eight people. Oh, my uh, gosh. I know. And we had, there was a big um, gala evening at the Liverpool Cathedral, and I took all the, the team, I took all the staff, and we all got dressed up, and it was black tie and posh dresses, and we stayed overnight. And I, I treated everybody to it just as a big, big thank you, because it's a huge recognition. I know it's in my name, but it, it really is recognition of what everybody has worked for here. Yeah, um, it's collaborative. You know, we, we took the whole team last year. So if we get shortlisted again this year, we're hoping to bring the award home with us and uh, we'll all get to go and, and put Dickie Bow ties on again. And, oh, I love and it. It was, it was a fantastic evening. It was it was great. But yeah, there's some 500 odd people have, have written and it's not just a vote, you know, it's not just a tick. Right. Yeah, I vote for her. People have gone out of their way to write some stunning, really complimentary things. And it's, I mean, it's really, they're humbling to read. It's emotional. It's beautiful. It is. It is so emotional. I'm it up is. for multiple categories this year, I think, for the WeGo Health Awards, Social Health Awards. And oh, I'll yeah. read, you know, what they say for the nominations. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this Somebody is like, yeah. It's huge. It's so beautiful and it's so humbling. And, you know, it, it really puts the why and why yeah. we do what we do into this huge perspective. Yeah. And it, it's the, it's somebody thought that, but somebody took the time to write that. And that that's different. You know, you can think very warm things about 100 things a day and not put your fingers on your keyboard and write right. something really meaningful about it so when you actually write it and send I mean people, yeah and someone takes the time to do that yeah it's it, it gets me every time it so does yeah we'll see. it's um I think they're, they're announcing the shortlist in June and then the awards will be in September so oh, I, may have, I might have to get my I didn't win face <laughs> again <laughs> Uh, but I don't mind because, you know, being in that, that small number of people that have been selected is still a big honor. Yeah, gosh, that's huge. That's huge. And see, that's that's the kind of attitude that you have to have, I, I think, in life, really. It's, it's really? yes, it's it would be amazing. But you know what? If you're even impacting and changing, you know, the momentum of one person's life. Yeah. That's that's a huge responsibility. That's it's huge. huge. It is huge. And we we don't take it for granted all the I'm, I'm the only person with a disability that works at Neowalk. Everyone else is uh, perfectly able-bodied with their two gorgeous legs. That <laughs> you don't need two of them, and like, but they're they're so invested in what we do um, and the people that we're doing it for and the lives that we're affecting, and each walking stick and each box that goes out we know it has the potential to turn somebody's life completely upside down and right. give them confidence to go and do something to be seen to leave the house to go to a wedding whatever it is it it has the potential to really change somebody's life and and they all really they, they carry that with them all all the time that, that they're working you know they're they're very special people I've got to say hello to them because they're all going to listen so I absolutely want to say hello to Nat to Jodie to Al and Hannah and um, Kendall and everybody that um, that does work with us. So they're amazing people. Well, you have such good intention. And I think that, you know, rings true to 
the vibrancy that you have in your in your mission because it's 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 all with someone else in mind based on how you felt in the beginning and that's where my sort of fire lit under my hiney you know when i started this is like there's so many newly diagnosed people that don't know the answers that don't know what step to take next that were just handed a pamphlet yeah i was given a phone call for my <laughs> diagnosis i didn't even go in it was a phone call and i'm like if i'm feeling like this so many other people have to be feeling like this too yeah. Yeah, you know, so it's like people say, "Oh, you're such a good influencer," and I'm like, I hate that <laughs> word because it's like I'm not gonna be the chick that shows you how to put on the best cat eye eyeliner. Like it's just not gonna happen, you know. So I always, I always correct them. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm an advocate, and I'm an advocate for perception because I really think that we have more power in perception that we give ourselves credit for. You yeah, know, we have, true. we have the ability to view things through a different lens, but you really got to be open and you got to be comfortable with being very uncomfortable. Absolutely. There's a, there's a certain vulnerability that I think as people with disabilities, we, we, we take that out with us everywhere we go because our vulnerability shows, um, you know, when, when we go out in public, because we really mm -hmm. are trying to live in a world that just isn't designed for us. So it's not, it's not at all. So we are, we are quite vulnerable, but there's a lot to be learned in that space. Where... Vulnerability is a strength. I think, honestly, I, I really think it's a strength. Mm, no, there is a, lo a lot to be learned. And, you know, I'm here. Life's good. Yeah, be at, grateful. At the, end, at the end of each day, you know, I, I fought something serious. You're, you're fighting to, to live your life how you want it. And we are here and we wake up each morning and that's that's a gift that uh, some people don't have. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It really puts things into perspective of like, okay, well, now what? <laughs> now what am I going to do? Exactly. And there's you know? always that, that kind of, um, you know, when, when I lost my leg, it, it, I was told, well, there'll be a lot of things you won't be able to do now. And we, huh, really? Like what? Give me a horse, rode right. a horse. Thank you. I've, I've ridden horses with, with a prosthetic leg. I learned how to ski with a prosthetic leg. I learned how to be a circus performer. Give me something else that you think I can't do. You exactly. Know. But it's that isn't everybody's attitude. You know, some people have the the rollover and, and be more of a victim of it, mm -hmm. um, which I couldn't do. I just I just couldn't do. So the only other way to yeah. be to look for where you can see the progress and the and the the progression right which is why do you know what ultimately that was why I opted to have my leg amputated because I, I couldn't see any life with progression all I could see was decline to the point where they would amputate it anyway right that, that was what I was told and I'm like you know I lived with it in fear of losing a, a limb for three years and then thought, actually, you're being stupid. You've already lost it. I was just going to say you took the words right out of my mouth. You already it lost it. It didn't work. It wasn't a team player any longer. I'd already lost it. So actually, it, it was an easier decision than a lot of people. Yeah. Think. And I'll tell you what I, you know, I know personally, and I've, I've talked about this a lot. I, I am wired fundamentally, chemically, molecularly designed to be really good at depression. Real, <laughs> real good, real good. Like pro level status. I have that gene. And, you know, I was in that position for a really, really long time prior to diagnosis in my first marriage that was 
you know, like a horrible lifetime movie gone wrong. And uh, so it was like, okay, I already know that this is where my body can go. So mm-hmm. let's do something entirely different. Yeah, yeah. Tip it upside down and see what comes out. Yeah. Um, and just be different. Go go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm so, so proud of you. And I'm so happy to see everything that you're doing. And, you know, the <laughs> you know outreach that you have. Do you know what I love? I love it when you send me little voice messages. Oh, do you? <laughs> I love them. Absolutely love them. They cheer my day. Oh, I'm so glad. Know that, that we do actually keep in touch. So we, we are, do. We we chat like at least once a week. We do, and um, sometimes I can tell if you're feeling lazy. You'll just go, "Oh, I'm just going to talk and say this. I'm just going to send it to you." <laughs> my fingers. I can't do my fingers. When I get the chance to listen to you, it's like having you in the room. I put you right up to my ear and it's like, yeah, it's an injection of, this is an injection of Brit. Get it in there. And I love Aww. listening to your voice messages. I really do. Aww, and then I send, so send you one back and I, I don't know whether you, you understand how I speak, don't you? Yeah, I do. Well, you sent me a video last time and I saved it. Oh, did you? <laughs> I did. I saved it. Well, because Johnny was like, who is Lynn? You keep talking about her. Who? I'm like, Neo, Neo walk. And he's like, oh, I'm like, here she is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I I just love it, but I'm definitely going to be hooking up with you, girl, for a big yes, hug. Yes, ma'am, please. And it won't be long, so you need to uh, you need to pucker up in a couple of weeks. I'm all ready for you, baby. Like, um, <laughs> but we'll yeah, we're so excited that that we're coming over. We're so excited. Oh, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. So wherever you are, let me know. I will drive to you. I will find you, and I will pounce. <laughs> we'll hunt you down, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I am re- only realizing now that the time of day is with you. It's only quarter to eight, isn't it? Yeah, yep, seven forty. Yeah. I'm up early. I'm up early. I'm still recovering from uh, Andrea, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I've actually been working. We finished work, and this afternoon, sometimes that the team get together and we do little things just to out out of work as a bit of bit of fun. So yeah. we all brought a coloured food board today. Oh, so, cute! I love that. It's very cute. So Jody brought a green board, which was full of green food. Nat brought a beige board, which I have to say was it was it had all the really yummy, yummy stuff on. And I brought a um, a multicolored one. I brought a, a multicolored dessert board. Oh, and cute. We, we, we were thinking they actually looked like some of our walking sticks. Oh, so my gosh. How funny. We might do that in the future and try and uh, match a, a food board with a walking stick. But we. Oh, we, I love that. We're all meeting up later on as well, just to uh, just to have some fun out of work as well, because we do work very hard. And when we are in work, you know, we don't get a lot of time to. Yeah, balance is key. Balance is important. And, you know, cultivating those relationships. And it sounds like you've really done that with your team, which is so, so beautiful to work with lovely people. Um, You know, we've got one of we've got one of your uh, um colleagues com- comrades over here we've got a oh. canadian canadian uh, not canadian californian chap that works for us oh cool have um called kendall he's from santa rosa no uh, way oh how fun he's living, he's living in york with with his wife and he works for us and he's he's just amazing so yeah we, we are a, a multinational company 
I love it. Oh my gosh. I am just cheering you on every step of the way. And I, I'm so grateful for, you know, the exposure that, that these sticks have, have recently gotten. Cause it's like more exposure, more change, more, more, more confidence in, in people to have the ability to change their, their whole, you know, view on what disability is supposed to look like. That's right. We want people to ditch the, the shame that they feel. Cause there is a lot of shame. Oh my God. Tons. A lot of um, stigma, um, often abuse, which still yeah. stuns me now. But I know. Even, you know young, younger people do receive verbal abuse for, for using yep. their mobility aids, for having a, a, a parking badge, for having like, like, like they have no right to. I um, know. We want, we want to get rid of that. And it's small steps. It's very small steps that it is happening. It's changing. Uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's only slowly. But the more people that come out and demand to be seen right and, and demand to be visible and and valued again then it's it, it's a slow burner but it will it will keep changing yeah uh well i'm gonna ask you what i ask everybody towards the end of chats and it's a it's a loaded question so oh, go on brace yourself but i i liked i love to hear you know everybody's different perspective of this and this is sort of geared towards you know, the person that may not have the confidence right now, or may have that self doubt or may have that, that I can't do this. And, you know, how am I going to get through this next chapter of life? Um, whether it be a diagnosis or, you know, a physical alteration, um, what would you say to somebody in that mindset right now, needing that spark or needing that catalyst to sort of catapult themselves into a different direction of, of intrepidity and, and strength? I would say three things. I would say surround yourself with people who understand or at least try to understand what you're going through and who are supportive and want to see you progress and improve, not people that want to keep you as a person with a disability, either hidden or vulnerable and in need of, of help. You want someone, you want to surround yourself with people who want to see you progress. Point one. Point two, I would say the gift that I would want to give you is time. And it's the one thing that I can't give you. And it changes everything. Um, and you've just got to believe that. Um, because and I know for me, I mean, probably the same for you, that as you've as you've gotten on and you've experienced things, um, you know, your your attitude changes a bit of age as well. You know, you always get a bit of age comes a bit of wisdom. Um, but time is is the one thing. And number three, don't be afraid to be visible. Find mm. your people. There are other people out there. Find your community. Find your tribe. Be with like-minded people. And you'll find a lot of inspiration. You might find someone in there that you'll inspire that you don't know that you're going to do that yet there are people out there that you're destined to meet that will either help you or you'll help them three words of wisdom there they're my three thanks for listening to all the odds with that crazy tattooed ms chick what's her name again oh right a hot ms when you're not listening here check out her website for the latest blog or shoot her a dm on the gram oh yeah she's on that tiktok thing too and don't forget to celebrate your disasters your victories get enough attention 